Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am your host, Ben Davison, and it is Sunday the 26th of February in the year 2023. And I hope wherever you are around Australia or indeed around the world, you are having a wonderful, wonderful weekend getting ready for the week to come. Of course, it's been a huge week for us at the Week on Wednesday. Van and I did our first ever Week on Wednesday live at the Adelaide Fringe on last Wednesday. We have three more shows to go. If you haven't managed to get yourself a ticket yet, you can still get them online. Go to the Adelaide Fringe website and look for Week on Wednesday or Van Batten, or you can even look for my name, Ben Davison, and you will find us there. There is a scale for pricing, so there's a price point for everyone. The more, the merrier is our view. It is in an air-conditioned yurt. The first show we did was 42 degrees outside. Wasn't quite that warm inside, but it was still a hot one. Good news is the weather looks like it will be a little more reasonable in Adelaide for the rest of the run. I am, of course, back in our shed in the central part of Victoria and will be going back to Adelaide uh, in the middle of the week. So I look forward to seeing Adelaide again. But of course, that's not all that's happened. You can also check out my conversation with Stephen Donnelly on Socially Democratic, where we talk about the importance of getting Mary Doyle elected in the seat of Aston at the upcoming by-election, and of course, why people should be members of their unions. So much more has happened as well. I want to talk very much about the launch of the From the Heart Yes campaign on Thursday. Van and I were very privileged to be able to attend the launch of that campaign, and of course, the Unions for Yes campaign launched on Wednesday night after the week on Wednesday was recorded with almost a thousand activists coming together online to hear from First Nations unionists about why the voice is so important. Of course, the voice is all about recognition and consultation. Unions are a huge part of being recognized in your workplace, being consulted in your workplace, and there's a natural synergy there, as you would expect. You can join your union at australianunions.org.au slash wow, that's W-O-W, to join your union. You can check out the Australian Union's webpage for how you can get involved with the Unions for Yes campaign. And of course, you can check out the From the Heart webpage to see how you can get involved in the broader Yes campaign as well. The message from the campaign launch on Thursday night was really very simple. Do we want to be a country that recognizes that we have the oldest continuous civilization on earth, 60,000 plus years right here in Australia. Do we want to all be part of that? Do we want to embrace that as part of our national identity or do we not? Do we agree that First Nations Australians, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders should have some say on issues that impact them or do we not? That's very, very straightforward. Those are the straightforward questions that are being brought up. Of course, on Insiders this morning, the discussion really took a very strange turn. For the second episode in a row, David Spears tried to make the discussion about The Voice a discussion about a very small number of people within the Constitutional Referendum Committee, the the Consultation Committee, having a debate around whether or not the wording of the question in the referendum should include advising executive government or not. 
That's two episodes in a row where David Spears has fixated on this. He spent most of the time when they were talking about the voice, talking about that specific issue and some detail around it. Mark Kenny, one of the guests, made a really good point that it is a phantom argument, that fundamentally it is not something that the vast majority of constitutional lawyers are concerned about. It's not something that the campaigns are concerned about. And quite frankly, nobody who is concerned about it, who's raising it in the public sphere, is planning on voting yes anyway. This is another example of Trojan horse politics around a referendum. David Spears has got to pick up his game here. He can't be led down the garden path by people who want to confuse and befuddle the Australian public. It's a very simple proposition. Do we want to be recognized as having the oldest continuous civilization on earth as fundamental part of our Commonwealth or not? Do we believe that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people should have enshrined in our constitution the right to be consulted on issues that impact them or not? That's the fundamental questions that will be put before the Australian people. Now, I get that the show is called Insiders, but David is showing a distinct naivety when it comes to this issue. He continues to get bogged down in the no campaign talking points, whether that's from the right or from the left, because, of course, we shouldn't forget Zarina Thorpe believes she's running a quote-unquote progressive no campaign. And I bring up the Tsarina because last night was Mardi Gras, part of World Pride. Mardi Gras is a huge event in Sydney and a huge event for the LGBTIQA plus community. As a gaby, it's something that I look at with a great deal of admiration and a sense of pride that we as a nation have moved past the violence that was directed at people like my mum, to the point where now, for the very first time, the Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, was marching in the parade. I should point out that Albo has marched 35 times. 35 times he has marched. This, of course, the first time as Prime Minister, and he is the first Prime Minister to do so. Now, the Victorian Senator Thorpe went to Sydney and tried to disrupt the parade. You can see videos online of people booing, telling her to get out of the way, demanding she be removed. This is the kind of quote-unquote progressive no voice that we're hearing from. Someone who claims to lead a movement while standing in an empty hall. Someone who flies to a state that she does not represent to disrupt an event that actually has floats in it with First Nations people because she wants the attention. Zarina Thorpe is not interested in the best outcome for the people of this country. She simply wants the attention. Well, she'll get a little bit of it. And of course, I've seen various forms of Lydia Thorpe. Lydia at one point, I believe, was trending on Twitter. Look, I'm not getting into the weeds or the gutter on this one. Quite simply, it's not worth it. We do need to talk 
about some other issues as well. One of the big issues that came up on Insiders and has been dominating in the media since uh, we last spoke is the issue around superannuation reform. Now, the Labor government has indicated it wants a discussion about sensible reforms to superannuation to make it more sustainable and more equitable. There are currently 11,128 people who have more than $5 million in their superannuation account. They get a triple tax break. They get a concession on the way in, they get a concession when they take money out, and they get a concession when they leave their money in there. This has been described as one of the world's most effective tax minimization schemes for inheritances anywhere in the world. To give you a comparison, there are 24 million superannuation accounts in this country. Just over 11,000 of them have over $5 million. The average balance, the average balance is around $150,000. The median balance, which actually removes those outliers, is less than $100,000. And of course, women and people in low-paid industries, which predominantly includes women, have even less again. Now, there is one person who it's been recorded has a super fund of $544 million. They're receiving tax concessions on $544 million. That is clearly far more than any person or couple or indeed family would need to live off in retirement. And to put that in perspective, the Powering Australia Technology Fund, which is financed by the Clean Energy Finance Corporation, is only $500 million. There is one person in this country that has more money in their super account than the Powering Australia Technology Fund has. This is clearly a rort. Now, Dutton and the Liberals and the Murdoch media have gone bananas. And to watch the Murdoch journalist on Insiders Today try and suggest that somehow or another this was about breaking promises or this was about some other attack on Labor was just cringeworthy. 11,000 people are receiving $1.5 billion a year in tax concessions. To put that into context, there are over 4 million Australians in public education, secondary and primary, who are currently not receiving the minimum standards of funding required. That is the minimum teachers, the minimum support staff, the minimum resources. That $1.5 billion gets almost 25% of the way to closing the gap for our public school students. Just in that one simple change. So the question is, what is more important public policy to implement? Is it to give 
11,128 people who already have more than $5 million in superannuation, a $1.5 billion a year tax concession? Or is it to fund our public schools? When one of those people has more money in their super account than there is available for the entire Powering Australia Technology Fund, surely it's time for us to adjust public policy. And I get that nobody wants public policy to have winners and losers. There's no question that everyone always wants a win-win. But let's face facts. Policy decisions do have winners and losers. And sometimes it's about how much someone wins and how much someone loses. But in a democracy, we get to choose how that happens. And in a democracy, you would expect public policy outcomes to create more winners and fewer losers. See, if we were still in an absolute monarchy, if we were still in some kind of aristocracy, you'd look at 11,000 people getting a $1.5 billion a year tax concession and go, well, that makes sense. But we don't. We live in a democracy. There are 24 million superannuation accounts. There are 4 million public school students. There is lots of people who could use that money far more than the 11,000 people who already, just in their super, have $5 million. Now, of course, if you've got $5 million in super, it's not an unreasonable assumption to suggest that you probably already have your own home and substantial other means of support. The test here is not whether or not it's good public policy. The test here will end up being whether or not the Australian media actually reports honestly on the situation. Because so far, we've seen the hyperbole of the Murdoch media, the hyperbole of the Dutton leader of the leftovers, go into absolute overdrive. 11,000 people versus 24 million. That's what the government has to weigh up here. You know, it's very, very interesting to hear people talk about these issues without really thinking them through properly. It's a bit like the discussion on inflation. Regular listeners of the week on Wednesday and the weekend wrap will know already that the biggest drivers of inflation in this country are supply constraints and profiteering. If you watched Insiders or you've been paying attention to the news feeds or the Twitter feeds of union media sources, you will have seen the report that came out this week from the Australian Institute and the great interviews that Sally McManus, leader of the trade union movement, has been giving on research that shows 69% of inflation has been driven by profits. You know, we have to have honest conversations about public policy in this country. We have to have an honest conversation about superannuation tax concessions because it's not sustainable to give 11,000 people $1.5 billion a year in Commonwealth 
foregone revenue. It's not sustainable to have corporations increase their prices by an extra $160 billion over and above the costs of labor, materials, and taxes. Because what happens is people like Phil Lowe and Peter Dutton pull the wrong levers, right? They pull the wrong levers to address these issues. What would Peter Dutton do to make superannuation fairer and more equitable? Well, Peter Dutton would have everyone crack open super just like just like he did when he was part of the Morrison government, which forced Australians as the very first response to COVID, forced Australians to access their super if they wanted an income. That was the Liberal Party response to COVID. People may not remember. That was the very first thing they did. They said to people, you can go and access your retirement savings. Raid your future to pay for our inaction. That was the Liberal Party policy then. And quite frankly, haven't seen any evidence that it's changed. What's Phil Lowe's solution to inflation? It's to raise interest rates, to put more pressure on everyday working people. We saw this week a record, a record decline in real wages. They've gone backwards 4.5%. 4.5%. People are suffering. People are doing it hard. I don't need to tell you this, dear listener, because you are doing it hard. At the same time, we've seen record profits at Qantas, the Commonwealth Bank, Santos, Glencore, Shell, Bigger Cheese, the NAB. They've all had record profits. Profits at Coles are up 17%. At Woolworths, they're up 14%. You know, if inflation is running at 6 or 7%, and even Coles and Woolworths are are making 17 14% more than they were last year, then they are driving up inflation. Now, the research that the Australian Institute has done shows quite clearly that if you took out the excess profits, if you put profits back to the median level that they should be at, that is not to say companies should be running at a loss. That is not to say that companies would not be allowed to make a profit. That is not to say that we would take all their money away. It's to say that their profits were at the median level. Rather than record level, they have a median level of profit. So still quite profitable. Australian companies, quite profitable. If you put them where they should be, where they should be, then inflation would be at between 2.7 and 3.3%. Within, that is within the band that the Reserve Bank targets. So when 69% of inflation is driven by profit, when corporations from airlines to banks to cheese manufacturers to oil companies have record profits, how on earth is raising interest rates dealing with the underlying problem? It's not, and it won't. What it will do is what it has already started to do, and that is drive more people out of employment. Now, how does it drive people out of employment? Because fundamentally, it raises the price of money, it raises the price of homes, it raises the price 
of rents. It puts pressure on households all around the country. And the ones who suffer first are small business, not these major corporations recording record profits, but small businesses. And small businesses will lay off people as we start to see. Fundamentally, fundamentally, the Reserve Bank is ill-equipped to deal with this challenge. It has an ideological position around interest rates and around monetary policy. This is a problem that has to be addressed by dealing with the profiteering, dealing with the supply side issues. We've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, and we'll keep talking about it because the union movement is right. The union movement is totally right. There is no danger of a wage price spiral. Wages are struggling to keep up. Even where unions are winning wage increases above the average, winning wage increases at the highest level for a decade, they're still struggling to get just to the level of inflation. Why? Because corporations have put up their prices. They have put up their prices to make more profit. That's what's happened. We have a greed price spiral. Sally McManus is 100% correct. And now more and more people are hearing it and seeing it, and it's being reported on, And which is a good thing, which is a very, very good thing. You know, here at The Week on Wednesday, we want people to know the truth. We want you to know the truth about super, and that is that 11,000 people receive $1.5 billion in tax concessions that could be recouped and used for things like education, for things like the NDIS, to improve the position of our Commonwealth. That's the truth. There are 24 million of us with super funds. The 11,000 who already have 5 million could be doing just a little bit more to help the rest of us. The truth is that corporations are reaping record profits and they're using inflation as a cover to do so. There's no wage price spiral in Australia. There is a greed price spiral. And it's not just in this country. It is not just in this country. If you Google record profits, you see what comes up. All around the world, corporations are doing this. All around the world. Because central banks are responding in the same way all around the world. Governments are responding in the same way all around the world. And that is through the lens of a broken set of ideological tools. The neoliberal monetary policy of the 70s no longer applies. There are supply chain issues because we globalized our supply chains and then there was a pandemic, which meant the sovereign capacity of countries like Australia, like the US, like the UK, like parts of Europe, was severely tested and strained. We weren't able to produce things ourselves. It's why we need, it's why we need the manufacturing fund that Labor has put forward. You know, on Insiders Today, Chris Bowen was asked about, not just about emissions reduction, which of course he was there to talk about, and he talked well about that issue. But David Spears became fixated on Florence, the mining, the drilling machine, not a mining machine, a drilling machine, which the Snowy Hydro project uh, has gotten bogged as part of Snowy Hydro 2.0. Now, of course, this is a little bit embarrassing, and Chris Bowen has said that it's unacceptable and they want to fix it, and they really want Snowy Hydro 2.0 to get back on track after being mismanaged by the Morrison government. You know, Morrison didn't even put in place 
any plans to connect Snowy 2.0 to the rest of the grid. Wasn't even going to be part of our energy network. It's just remarkable how mismanaged the Australian economy and Australia's assets were under Morrison. But of course, all that Spears wanted to talk about was Florence. He kept coming back to this drilling machine. And and even after the interview, he talked about it with the panel. This obsession with minutiae, with embarrassing moments, with gotcha moments, with this kind of petty playground politics is undermining the fundamental debates that we need to have in this country. And I give credit to Jim Chalmers and to the entire Labor cabinet for being prepared to have a debate, to have a public discussion about superannuation reform because it's needed, right? And it's not easy. And it's easy for Peter Dutton to go no. The no coalition will say no to everything. They'll say no to emissions reduction. They'll say no to more manufacturing. They'll say no to Jobs and Skills Australia because that's what they're there to do. That's how they believe they'll win government because that's what Tony Abbott did last time they were in opposition. But the reality is that the Australian people need to have reform passed. Without proper reforms, then we are stuck using the tools that do not work for a future that is already here. We cannot allow ourselves to be bogged down with petty playground politics, with gotcha moments, with a fixation on Florence the drilling machine, when there is a huge amount of hurt in our economy, a huge amount of hurt. The only brief moment that Spears touched on when it came to the 4.5% decrease in people's real wages was when he threw to the Murdoch journalist who tap danced around it, just absolutely tap danced around it and and basically said, well, anyone who's bought a plane ticket will know uh, how aggravating that is to see Qantas have record profits. Yeah, we do. Of course we do. You know, but it's not people buying airline tickets who are at the front line of these issues. It's the people who are making choices about which meal to skip. It's the people who are having to stitch together their clothes just to make them last another season longer, another month longer, another week longer. People who are deciding whether or not they can afford the petrol to get to a shift at work. This is the real cost of living crisis in this country. And when 69% of that crisis is being caused by excess profits, it deserves a little more focus, a little more focus than Florence the drilling machine. And until we do that, until Insiders does that, until the ABC does that, how much pressure do we really think the Murdoch media feels that they're under to take a genuine fact-based, news-first approach to the discussion on superannuation and economic reform in this country. I can tell you right now, they feel zero pressure. So we've got to do it. We've got to do it. Every person who listens to this podcast or Socially Democratic or any progressive left-leaning podcast, any left-leaning person, any union member in this country, we have to continually repeat the big issues. And, you know, it's going to happen. We're already seeing it happen 
with the referendum as well. This fixation on the minutiae, this fixation on the elements that will drive the most fear, most fear, the most disruption. That is my wrap for the week. I hope that you will be able to come along to see Van and I live at the Adelaide Fringe the week on Wednesday live on the 1st, 8th or 15th of March. You can come along more than once if you like. I hope that you will share this podcast. I hope that you will talk about these issues with your friends, with your family. I hope that you will vote yes. I hope that you will join your union if you're not already a member. And if you are already a member, I hope you'll get involved in the campaigns of your union and the movement more broadly, both to vote yes and also to help fix the problems in our economy. Because without you doing it, no one else is going to. You only have to watch Insiders to know that is the truth. So until I talk to you again on Wednesday, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to each other, and vote yes to the voice.